Hello everyone, this is part two of our two-part series with Min here, where in the first episode we talked broadly about layoffs and our reactions to them, but I'm really excited to share part two, where we dive much deeper into Min's own experience transitioning from first consulting, then to a biz ops role at a startup, then internal lateraling to a PM role there, actually getting laid off from that startup and how he overcame all of that and found a great new PM job in his current late-stage startup. We also discuss how to search for a new role after layoffs and how to prioritize different factors in your job search. And lastly, we give our take on what companies are looking for these days and why is our mindset so unique from those for those of us in our 20s who have experienced so many layoffs early in our career. So hope you enjoy and happy listening. We can get into maybe your own experience, Min. I think that's something that I wanted to talk about because it was really interesting. You've gone through... A layoff but before we get into that i think let's 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 talk a little bit about your consulting experience so we have some context just for you man like why did you go into consulting and what exactly uh did you do yeah so why did i go into consulting i think like most people i wanted options the generalist track was was really appealing to me being able to exit into any sector that i wanted to afterwards or perhaps doing private equity um, was also really appealing. And then, like Jeff mentioned, we we did engineering internships at PNG. Um, it was a really great experience, met great people. I, I think that being focused on um, a very, very particular process made you kind of get lost in the grand scheme of things. So that's kind of why I chose consulting. I wasn't really informed about the different types of consulting. So when I interviewed, I just kind of looked at like, who the top 10 firms were. And if I got an offer from that firm, then I took it. And so um, that's kind of ha- what happened with strategy. And I didn't know much about deals or private equity or due diligence, but that's the team that I joined. Um, so mainly did due diligence work, um, started off in oil and gas, and then kind of made my way to tech uh, over the years. So yeah, that's fair. So growth strategy and due diligence projects. Um, I think that's that's a pretty common reason for for most people. And then wh- wh- why did you want to transition out after a couple of years? And why did you choose Bungalow, um, the startup that you, you, you went to right out of uh, consulting? I think it's a couple of reasons. One was I was starting to kind of plateau at the company. The post MBA position or senior associate is just basically the associate role, but maybe you're managing a work stream, but the work in and of itself is the same. Probably the other thing here is I kind of, I don't want to call it peer pressure, but I felt like at the two-year mark is when you could find a lot of variety of different exit opportunities. And then the next kind of natural uh, exit time is probably when you hit manager. If you kind of leave in between, let's just say you leave as like a post-MBA to tech, you aren't really leveraging uh, all the years of experience that you had um, in a consulting firm versus like if you exited as a a manager. So it was either that or stay for a few years and become a manager. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then why did you why did you choose BizOps specifically, though? And and, and maybe you can explain uh, BizOps a little bit and exactly what Bungalow did. Um, That would probably give good context. Sure. So I'll start off with what BizOps is I, I can take a stab since a lot of different companies have different definitions of this, but it's almost like the internal consulting, like SWAT team at okay. a company. 
Um, so if it's at Google, you know, it's more traditional. You're an associate with perhaps like a director um, and you, you get staffed on projects. For smaller companies that are like a startup, it's a little bit more um, like independent. So you'll be your own product, like your own project manager, you can call it. Um, but overall, yeah, like you kind of, you're the SWAT team um, that helps with propping up new like business ideas or you're perhaps doing um, like market research. So it just depends on what the company is focused on, but I'd say it's very similar to consulting. And then Bungalow was a, uh, a property tech startup. So they kind of advertise them as like short-term Airbnb rentals. So um, you as like a millennial can rent a room uh, out of like a really large house for Mm -hmm pretty cheap. Um, and it comes with all of these different amenities. So the idea is you just pack your suitcase, you end up in this furnished house. And then, um, if you need to move across the country, you know, like you can transfer your lease. And so this flexibility, uh, is kind of the big value proposition. Um, yeah. So this is a startup. So this is a startup, right? It's kind of like Airbnb, but you have roommates and, and, and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, I joined when they are, I think they're still a series C company, but yeah. Yeah. So I guess like how, yeah, how, how, how well established were they when you joined? And then I guess like, um, this is the company, right. That, um, you experienced the layoff. And so I guess I want to understand how, did you see any red flags before that happened? Um, and then how did they do it? Like, you know, high level, you know, was it, was it better or worse, um, than, than you expected? Your first question, did I see it coming? I, I knew things were off. I just wasn't expecting the, uh, I guess, getting the rug pulled under me. So I, I knew like in the long term, we might be having some problems. But even, you know, like I was pretty close friends with um, the strategic finance person. And as friends, we were even talking and we we're like, yeah, like we have enough money. We have enough runway. So like maybe we'll be here for at least another year. Um, okay. But even someone on the finance team didn't know that, right? So, yeah, basically, no one really knows. I, I would say, like, um, since this was my first startup, I didn't really have a concept as to, like, what the best practices are or what we should expect leadership to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't really have a gauge for that. But looking back, I do think that there are a few things that... Um, were probably indicators that something was going to happen. I think one is that um, the strategic vision continues, like keeps on changing and mm-hmm. quite drastically, to be honest. So, um, you know, one quarter, it's about acquisitions. Next quarter, it's about um, being an investment vehicle for single family homes and helping private equity firms buy single family homes. Um, or the next quarter is about like, you know, expanding into these new markets. So I think just the lack of consistency. Um, is so they weren't that, focused. They weren't focused. Was yeah, that a, it was, was that a, was that pressure from investors or it's pressure like because they're not, they're not growing because, that they're not growing as fast. Yeah. And I think for a while the company could claim that, um, oh, it's COVID's fault right? Like no one's really moving right now and we just need to weather this out. And so that was the narrative for so long. And since COVID was starting to like lift, um, even a lot of the policies that were in place, um, 
for, for tenants. For instance, during COVID, we could tell our tenants, you can't tour this place because there's, you know, risk of COVID. Yeah. And then as I was kind of leading the company, we were still not allowing tours. Um, and our excuse was COVID. And customers were saying, that's not happening anymore. Like, I need to see the, the house, like, right. or I'm not going to rent it. And so the inability to kind of shift with the market dynamics quickly um, when it didn't favor the company, I think, was uh, also another indicator. Yeah, for context, these layoffs yeah. happened when during COVID? Well, the summer of 2022, what I'm saying is, yeah, like um, the company could hide behind not growing mm -hmm. because of COVID. Right. And then as COVID kind of lifted exactly. and people saw Instacart do really well and some of the other startups do well, then the scrutiny on Bungalow started to happen. Um, right. So it wasn't necessarily kind of the fact that people cannot rent or want to li live in different homes and not move during COVID, but more so what you said, right? The kind of COVID excuse where, okay, revenues can be down, growth can be down. I think a lot of companies use that for, for a couple of years during COVID. But actually, if I remember correctly, things pretty much rebounded pretty quickly. A lot of industries, right? Like rebounded very quickly, you know, capital is very cheap and there could be a lot of investments made. So yeah, it's definitely interesting that it happened kind of at the back half, actually when COVID was pretty much almost ending. So I guess like, what did you do during the short term, um, immediately after you laid off, like what was your reaction um, and kind of what were the steps that you took um, to reassess and like think about your next steps? So, I mean, I can kind of take you through. Yeah, take us through that process. Yeah, take us through that journey. Take us through that process. Okay, so just to give you context on what I was doing before. So I joined as, as a BizOps, uh, like on the BizOps team. Um, about, let's say like eight months in, I told the company I wanted to do product management. So I switched over to product management with the support of my director. Um, and I had been on the product team for about four months. So, mm -hmm. you know, wrapping up on um, you know, discovery projects, which is figuring out like which user personas to focus on, what features to kind of potentially ship. I was already finished with the stages of design with like the design lead. And then we were preparing, um, you know, like ticketing so that engineering can start working on some of these things. So like I was in the middle of this pretty big project. Yeah. And I just remember a meeting being set up two in the morning on my calendar, 15 minutes. And it just says like meeting with C. Oh, wow. And um, it was, I think I had some insight into that. I kind of knew something was off. So I just started looking at other, other people's calendars. Right. And anyone that had this little like 15 minute time slot, I kind of assumed they were, um, something was going to happen. And then you could just kind of slowly see people's profiles getting deactivated. Oh, wow. So, um, that's when I knew that when my 15 minute time slot came up that I would soon be deactivated and kicked out of the system. So that's what happened. Um, these, I had a meeting with CEO and HR and, um, I don't want to say it was not supportive. I think they tried to be as uh, compassionate as they could. Um, but it's difficult to do that if you as a CEO don't have those empathetic right. characteristics in general, yeah. right? So it just feels a little bit fabricated. They also don't know you. Yeah. They don't know me, right? And the thing is, he kind of told me, oh, I've heard so much about you. You've done so many great things. And 
when you kind of say that when your length went off, it's like, yeah. you should have said that to me, you know, when I was working. <laughs> yeah, there's no need. So to it's hard. I, I feel like the companies that you mentioned that are doing this really well, like they had the culture to begin with. Right. Um, presumably. But yeah, so um, they disconnected everything. Then they, they were like, we're going to send the shipping labels for our stuff back. And so it was a lot to process. I think uh, I didn't want to. It's hard not to go into panic mode. Uh, yeah. So what I did was, you know, in the short term, just give myself time to process the layoff. Um, it's a lot easier said than it's a lot easier said uh, than done, especially when you're being introspective. Yeah. Um, it's easy to go into the, like comparison about yeah yeah like what I could have done better like what, what what could I have done to not get chopped mm -hmm. and I feel like that's when you just need to like remove yourself from. Um, or like try your best to remove yourself from thinking about it. Like go outside, try to talk to friends, yeah. like, go get dinner or something. Um, so yeah, I, I think like it took me a good solid like week or two weeks okay. to okay. then sit down and um, then start doing all the paperwork and stuff. Right? right. So then you have like the conversation about your severance and you need to sign your termination agreement and um, start filing for, unemployment and all mm -hmm. those things. So I feel like those are easier to do. Those are actually bulleted tasks to do. And so getting those done. Um, and then in the medium term, I think it was really important to then tell myself, like, I need to start assessing myself to figure out like what I want to do next. What are my priorities? What are like part of that wish list? Um, yeah. So now this is going into when you were trying to apply for a new job. So kind of a couple weeks to, you know, reflect, take time for yourself and go through all the admin logistical work with the current company. And then you said after a couple weeks, like you pretty much start right away, right? Looking or like, what's the timeline look like there in the medium term? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't actually press the apply button until maybe like three months after. Oh, my wow. Okay. I took time to travel um i mean i made sure that i had enough money in the bank to pay for you know rent and, and this is a different time right so this is middle of 2022 or early 2022 when i think companies were still hiring a lot right the demand for jobs was still very strong um, and the supply was still fairly low right like these layoffs happen pretty early well before these kind of mass tech layoffs in the fall and winter that we're seeing so I think the whole dynamic yeah, was a bit different. I think if you go, if you go back to layoffs.fyi, you'll see these little bar charts month over month. Okay. And June, July was definitely the peak of, or like it was one of the peaks um, of layoffs. So a lot of people were getting laid off. But, but like what you'll notice with these companies is that they were a lot of the smaller startups that started to, uh, I guess, choke. And then maybe some of the first affected um, sectors like yeah. real estate. So yeah, you're right. I, I feel like it was definitely still hard though, because yeah, all these people were entering the market now. Um, people said that other companies are still hiring, but I mean, this is like months later, there were a group of product managers that were able to find an exit opportunity pretty quickly. Okay. And then four months later, they got laid off in the November layoffs. Like at so, your, like from your peer group? From your peer group? Right, from my peer group. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think that was what was shocking too, was that like 
like I'm fortunate enough to only have to go through that experience once. Um, I know of people that have gone through it twice. Oh, wow. Within, within the same year. Of six months. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. So after you started clicking apply after three months, um, how did you decide if you wanted to stay in PM or did you apply to other things? Like what kind of job or career were you looking for? Yeah, that's a good question. So I didn't want to be too prescriptive in the beginning and say, like, I want PM. Like, I thought to myself and I said, maybe there's something similar to PM that can eventually get me there. But I also need to figure out, like, why I even like this or, like, functionally why PM makes sense to me. And I think to some people, they would know that even before they apply. But the the way that I kind of found out was, like, by going through uh, some interview process for different roles. And so one, what I did was like reach out to all the recruiters that had messaged me before, like over the past year, even if they, even if like I didn't make it far with them or whatever, and I had, you know, already gone through a process with them. I just kind of messaged them to see um, kind of where they were and if they wanted to restart the conversation. And so that kind of gave me a gauge on um, like, how I could be marketed. Okay. Like, like what career you so, would be a good fit for. Yeah, right. Okay. And so what I noticed was a lot of those people were like, you have such a great operations background. Uh, you could probably do like, I have a role for you in BizOps or, um, you know, like, have you, are you interested in VC or private equity? Like perhaps there's, uh, we have like a go-to-market team for this firm or um, an operations team for this firm. Yeah. And so that was kind of how I got a gauge from the recruiters on uh, what my profile was kind of like, what the narrative was that someone else kind of looked at it. That was what kind of opened me to like applying for those positions. What I did notice was that like on the PM side, like I've never received a LinkedIn message from right. a recruiter for a product management role. I think that perhaps maybe it's for someone like super tenured and has been in PM for like 10 years or something. But I knew that like, if I wanted to pursue PM, then I would need to do a little bit more work. Like I can't just have my resume speak for me. Right. Yeah. The answer to your question is, um, I didn't apply to everything. I started off with the recruiters to, to then go on a few processes with them. Yeah. And then on the side, I was applying for product management because I knew functionally that was something that I was most interested in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, you, you kind of already chose the career, right? You switch from consulting to biz ops to product manager. So I, I think it makes sense if you want to continue that route, right? But you also could explore other areas, especially, um, you know, trying to cast a little wider net in case, you know, the PM role, you, you can't find something you like, but um, I think it makes sense that you, you you do need to focus at some point, right? Like you need to focus on on one thing and put um, a lot of effort into to one thing, especially for PM recruiting. It's 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 pretty difficult. So, I guess after you started applying, like how how tight were you on the requirements, right? Like location, pay, uh, work from home or remote, um, or you know direct directly into product manager at a big company or small company. Like what kind of requirements did you have, and then did those change as you went along the process? Like how did that um, change as you got interviews or got acceptances or rejections, things like that? Um, that's a really interesting question because of the diversity of roles that I was applying for, the pay bands are actually really different. Um, 
well, like the location piece, I knew I was flexible. Uh, work from home, I didn't really care about. Like I could have it, I I didn't. Yeah. Get. Um, I would say probably pay was the biggest thing. Okay. Uh, and also the level that you come in at. Um, and what really set me up for kind of my approach was being really confident in how much I wanted to be worth. Okay. to the company that was hiring me. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and this was really challenging because it's like, I'm applying for biz ops manager. I'm applying for product manager, maybe at a VC firm. And so like these bands are are drastically different. And so they ask you like, what are you, what are you expecting? Mm-hmm. Um, on my end, like it doesn't matter which job I get. I still think I'm worth this much, okay. um, if that makes sense to you. Um, so I had to be very, very let's just say diligent um, and shut down the conversation soon if the HR person knew they couldn't meet that requirement, which is really, really hard to do. I think a lot of times we're, we're taught to like, yeah, let's just have a conversation. We can talk about salary later, but with like the trend that interviews are, are like being eight rounds and you're doing a take home and you're doing a panel, like you have to be very selective with, who you're interviewing with. So you essentially, you're very selective in the beginning and like how long could you have been selective for? Or like, so you started applying after three months of getting laid off and then how long did it take you to find the the current job? Yeah, so I was pretty lucky. It took me a month and a half to two months, I think. Oh, wow, that's pretty quick. Um, That's pretty quick. Yeah, so it was pretty quick. And the way that I thought about applications, so applications are different to me than actually interviewing. Okay. I thought it was fine to actually apply to like tons of places. So I sent my application everywhere that I thought would like fit under any of those umbrella categories that like we talked about a while ago. Um, so like BizOp, yeah. PE, product management. And um, then what I kind of, where the funnel started happening was like, I told myself, I could only really handle maximum interviewing with like three companies at the same time. Okay. And so if I was kind of in the middle of one, um, like past round one or whatever, um, and something else more interesting came up, there were scenarios where I like withdrew my application and said, I don't want to move forward with interviews anymore or, um, scenarios where, yeah, like I went into the conversation and I said, this is my minimum. And they were like, um, we're not sure about that. Like we, maybe you could apply for this different role. And I was like, yeah, never mind. Like, (laughs) this is probably like not going to get anywhere. Um, So I don't think there's anything, like everyone's approach is different. I I think like it's still good to kind of like uh, cast a wide net. Right. um, Where it matters is when you're interviewing. So you don't want to be interviewing with eight different companies doing eight different take homes because. Yeah, you're spread too thin then. Yeah. You're spread to then, right? Okay. Yeah. So I guess like why, why did you choose this, this current company? Like what did you, did you kind of get all the factors you're looking for in the, in the process? And if you, if you didn't, then kind of what, what, what would have been your backup plan? Yeah. So I would say I, I'm very, very lucky to be in the situation that I'm in. Um, this was a sector that I was interested in. I really liked product management. The people that I talked to were um, were really, really friendly. So, you know, like had a really, really good experience. Um, and then even the pay topic as well. Um, I felt like they were really receptive to my expectations. It just made negotiation a lot easier. 
Um, so yeah, I'd say like that's probably the best case scenario. It likely will not happen uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have a backup plan. I think kind of like what I was saying, like take it, if you kind of make it more bite-sized um, in terms of like your approach, yeah. it makes it just a lot more manageable. So what I told myself was, let's do a wave of applications. Try to get done with like those interviews end to end. And then three, four weeks from now, if like you need to restart another wave of applications, then you should do it again. Okay. Um, so doing that. And then I think that like, to your point, you don't have an endless amount of resources. So understanding your runway, understanding like the financial constraints. And so let's just say I really needed to find a job a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back to that list and then start making a few concessions. Right? right. So perhaps it's not product management, maybe it's product marketing or uh, program management or something that's tangential that could then transfer me yeah. to a product team in the future would open up more possibilities to me. Right. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. And I think going forward in the long term, I want I want us to discuss a little bit about like what we think um, our mindset is. I think back in the beginning, we were saying how our generation is pretty unique having experienced these layoffs uh, pretty early on in our career. So as you go through different careers, whether you're at startups or even, you know, what is supposed to be a large stable company or large stable tech company, what is kind of the mindset that you're going to have, I think, going forward, right? Like, are you always going to be, are people in our generation going to be more kind of paranoid and try to continue to look for, not look for other jobs, but make sure they have an open pipeline on the side if they're afraid that layoffs are going to happen? Um, Or are they going to focus on doubling down and really gaining skills in their 20s that can't be taken away from them in the future? I think maybe it's a mix of both, but I think because of what's happened to us, right? Like we're now approaching our career a lot differently. Whereas I think gone are the days are you're staying at one company, you're going to get pension after that. And I think people are definitely going to look out for themselves more. Um, and they understand how kind of corporations, capitalism works um, even more than, you know, previous, previous working kind of groups that have come into the workforce. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought this up. I think like, I think there's going to be a shift <laughs> in what yeah, our exactly. generation values. Um, when we started in like the workforce and we graduated in 2018, it was so preferable to be a generalist and have options. And we would kind of look, I mean, I don't want to say it's not looked down upon. It's um, be grateful that we have the ability to go into different industries, right? right? Um, Experience different versus things. Versus someone who's mainly consulting. Like oil and gas. Right. What right. you're talking about is just and so consulting. I think like even, even within tech, right now, it's not a good it's not a good position to be, to be a generalist. Um, with product management, they want, like a role might be very, very specific about having native mobile experience for Android, or maybe you um, have specific experience with marketing or that you worked on kind of like a tangential piece of software within the same sector that you're applying for. So yeah. they're looking for very, very specific things. And I think that like, as you go, as people navigate 
finding their next career. The people that have the biggest advantages are the ones that have that nuance or that specialty that the company is looking for. And so I think it'll be very interesting. The economy will bounce back, but we'll start seeing what I think we'll start seeing is people starting to commit to something. Like earlier than... Right. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's definitely yeah. a that's definitely a, another episode I wanted to discuss like, you know, kind of range and specialization or range and generalization and consulting versus specialization and industry and focused functions and things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely a completely different topic um, that we could also dive into, but I think that gives a good taste, right? Like on one hand, you know, maybe we we do specialize earlier, but the role of consulting and generalization and things like that hasn't has been like bigger now than it has ever been in the past. So I think that's, that's definitely a contrast and, and that'll be interesting to see, but even in consulting, right, maybe people will have to specialize a little bit sooner. I think it just depends on the type of work that comes in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in that vein, it's like, how do you protect yourself if like the next layoff? Happens, exactly. Right? So I right. think that's something that you've asked me before is like, if this new company lays you off, like what do you do? Right. And I think, there's a couple options. I mean, one is to constantly be having a pipeline and continuing to apply and reaching out to recruiters. Yeah. That could work for some people, but I think that I don't have enough energy to be doing that at the same yeah, time of as like committing to my job. And so for me, I think the way that I would say I'm protecting myself, quote unquote, is building that specialty into my portfolio. So when we, when we were um, graduating from college, I think... People looked at resumes and they saw Procter and Gamble. Oh, you must be qualified. Uh, McKinsey, you're qualified, like Google. And I think that, like, it kind of goes back to that other topic that is a whole separate topic. But I think it's less. It's going to be less about brand. Okay. And it's going to be more about like, what did you do at McKinsey? What did you do at Google? Long are the days where Google kind of got you anything you wanted. Yeah, that's fair. So, I think. I think I'm seeing now that I'm in industry, I'm seeing a lot of roles where they want you to just do exactly what you did before, right? But in a new environment, mm-hmm. you know, I think it depends on the role in the company, of course, but there's some places definitely that they don't want to train you. Like they don't want a generalist. They want someone to just re- rinse and repeat. And I think that's fair. I mean, it just depends on the role, but um, yeah. yeah, so that, that, yeah, before we get too sidetracked, I mean, that's an interesting topic, right? But I think just to summarize this whole conversation, I think number one, like layoffs is really, really difficult. Like either we've experienced it, we know people have experienced it, or it's happening in our industry, right? It's pretty tough to to go through, especially early on in our career. Second is I think your transition into, um, you know, from consulting into like a bungalow um, or startup and then also transitioning careers within the startup is extremely unique experience. And then kind of the lessons learned we have after that is, you know, number one, you know, assess your financial situation, assess um, what you're, what you, you want out of kind of your next job Um, for you, you know, took some time to travel and stuff like that too. And after three months you started applying um, and actually very quickly was like pretty successful, right? Only after one to two months, if you think about a typical interview process is like at least a couple months. So, um, yeah, that was really impressive, but you, you definitely had backup and you weren't like putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. So you have, you know, different priorities of pay location, you know, the role or the industry or the company, but then, you know, if you can't get everything perfect, then you start making concessions and that's kind of your backup. And then, um, you really need to evaluate like how long, um, your runway is. Right. So, I mean, we have friends that we know who, 
quit their job and wanted to find the perfect role. And it's been a year or, you know, two years um, when, when they're finding it. And that's just like, you know, they're obviously in a financial position where they can do that. But um, it's, it's kind of to each their own, right? Everyone has their own preferences. And I think understanding yourself is what a layoff um, probably could, you know, force you to do more than anything. And in the long run that you might look back and say, that's really good for your career. But in the short term, that obviously like is really difficult. So I think this is really interesting, Min. Thanks for giving all your insights and hopefully people got something out of it. Yep. Thank you, Jeff, for inviting me. Yeah, thanks. So thanks listening to this first guest podcast. Um, I hope you stick around um, on this podcast adventure with me. Uh, feel free to email any new topic suggestions at careerchangingin20s at gmail.com. Or if you think you have a great lesson learned or a topic you want to share as well. So cheers and happy listening.